Okay, real quick, if you're a business owner that wants to stand out in the market and expand your custom base, I'd love to send you a copy of my free ebook. Visit our website at danielleclark.uk to get your copy now or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark and this show is here to provide insights, techniques and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Welcome to another episode of Build Better Brands. I'm your host, Danielle Clark, and today... We are joined by Sene Maffa, and Sene is co-founder of Studio Maffa, which is an interior and furniture design studio with a focus on sustainability. And Sene and Studio M is really passionate about creating beautiful, functional spaces that promote health and well-being. So, welcome to the show, Sene. Thank you. Love the introduction. Got it word for word. <laughs> well, you know, having had you as a client, I think it's only fair that I understand exactly what it is that you do. Exactly. And I definitely do know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just about to say, like, spoken like the, the person who did our branding. <laughs> Left this all up to you. So, yeah. No, I love looking back at it now. I'm like, yeah, this, this is who we are. This is what we do. So it's good. Yeah, that's and and that's so good to hear. You know, I mean, we started there, so so let's 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 start there. When we spoke, the thing that resonated with me is this this passion that you have for you described it as nature always giving us the resources that we need. That whatever we need in life, nature will provide it, and. That's that's something that you said that's really stayed with me because I'd never really thought about it like that before, even in terms of materials. And it's such a distinct philosophy that Studio M has. Um, how are you trying to ensure that this f- philosophy is, is reflected not just in your projects, but now um, in your brand as well? I, I think that's important because obviously, even as you said, like that's such a big part of who we are like nature is our biggest inspiration and not even just in terms of our values but even just when it comes to to design so for us I think it's revisiting those key things because it's it's so easy to get lost and you know sort of stray from those things but it's revisiting okay actually what is it that I first started it started with what is it um, that I am passionate about and how am I sticking to those core values is that what I'm doing I we literally had this conversation with the partners or the sisters as I call them the other <laughs> days how are we sticking to who we say we are and can we practically say that that's what we're doing as a brand so I think continuous reflection on what it is that your your values are your philosophy is and how you as a company or as a group are actually sticking with those things in a practical sense, which is sometimes actually harder. It's easier said than done in in a way. And this design philosophy that you have, which, if I'm honest, 
I it wasn't until we really had a conversation that I really started to get it. You know, it's hearing hearing your story and, and the story of the rest of the team, which is your are your sisters. This is a family business, right? There's there's the yeah, three of you. Yeah. Um it was hearing that and hearing your stories and really understanding, you know, your background and and you know, wanting to bring some of home and this culture of growing up around nature and being mm. in touch with it and how that really benefits the individual but also the space when you know when other people come into the space and the way the way in which yeah. you work and how productive you can be that was what really resonated with me and I was like wow I'd never really thought about about space in in that sense yeah. And it's this philosophy that re revolves around, you know, a lot of your values as well, you know, which we, mm. which we've, we you know, we came up during the strategy around knowledge and integrity and love, simplicity. What was the other one? Openness was one that we, we were back and forth with, actually. <laughs> we were back and forth um, with that one because we all wanted to, do, to, to sort of decide on the right one. But definitely... Adventure. I don't know what the adventure. Yeah, is, that was it. Adventure. That was one yeah. I missed. How do you translate those values into that? You know, those principles into the spaces that you are creating for your clients, um, especially um, you know some of some of your recent projects as well. I mean, the more the more I guess I think about space, or the more I talk about, I think the more passionate I get about it about space because it also comes from that sense of that you know everything needs you know an environment to thrive in and that space and even now when we're looking at you know the environmental place of our world at this point like why you know so many people are focusing towards sustainability it's because space is being affected how things live and how things work is now being affected and people are seeing sort of like the consequences of that but then if we bring it in mostly to sort of like our own spaces, which I feel like we don't even take the time to really sit down and think about how do our spaces work, have we thought about space? Um, and so those little things really I am passionate about because I feel like they're important and they make such a big difference. They make such a big difference, even from us. Um, what I love is coming at the end of the project and then people come in and say, wow, oh my gosh, this is great. This is amazing because that, shows the difference of what was to now what is. And so for us, when we incorporate these values, so I'll maybe, maybe try and go through them one by one, um, if, that, if that helps to sort of understand how we bring them into space. So we have knowledge, and knowledge is an understanding, okay, what are we trying to do? It also involves research. So we're trying to pursue the perspective of who is in that space, who's going to be using that space, how do you want them to feel in that space, what are they going to be doing in that space. And so once we understand that, that's an element of where we are learning, we are researching, and research is such a big part of design. Um, you know, everyone sees the final picture, but before that, actually, there was a lot of research and a lot of knowledge that's gone into it. So for us, it's really understanding who our client is and not just the client who's asked us to design, but who is going to be using the space that they've asked us to design and really understanding them and what they want to get out of the space. And so um, moving on to integrity. So for us, we want to be ethical with, with what we're doing. So if we say something, 
we want to be able to achieve what we've said, essentially. So we never want to promise a client something that we can't deliver. So if we know we can't do that, we are always forefront about what we can achieve and what we can't achieve. And adventure was a one that we, we mentioned as well. So adventure is just that sense of, oh, there's excitement. We want them to be excited in that space so that nothing ever feels boring, like nothing ever feels oh, it's the same space again, but just something, even if it's just a little thing that just gives them a little bit, you know, extra excitement when they get into that space. And for us, um, I'll touch on the next one, which is love. It's just a love for what we do, which I hope translates into the spaces that we design because, you know, when we design, like this is like us doing what we love and we're hoping that as we're designing for our clients, this becomes a space that they love too. And simplicity, which is what I was thinking about recently, is that simplicity, I don't know how the best way I would describe it. For me, simplicity means, especially in design, um, it's it's effortless, if that makes sense. It's like breathing, sort of, in a way. But what I like about simplicity is that it's all it's not always simple to do. And I say that because I've been in spaces where it would be simple if I just walk into a room and I just, you know, touch the wall and the light switches there. But that doesn't always happen, surprisingly. Like that doesn't, I've been in spaces where I just have to walk in the room in the darkness, hitting, you know, a couple of things before I actually find the light switch to switch it on. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. It sounds so obvious. But yes, mm. yes. I've, I've, I've been in rooms like that where you're trying, you're in the room and the light switch isn't, where you enter or you've got things in your hands and you need to manoeuvre through doors and it's like, how do I go through the door, carry this and turn the light off? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I remember what, this one rental I lived in, essentially it was like that I'd walk into like the living area, I'm carrying things, but I can't, especially in the, you know, in this winter months where it just gets dark really easily and I can't see anything and I have to get to the other side of the room to switch the light on. I'm like, what did you think about like, do you not think about this place, this planning phase, should I say, when you are designing the room to say, how is this person going to walk into the room and how mm-hmm. are they going to feel? And again, simplicity is having that journey into the space because there's some spaces where it's like, why is this table in this position? Like, I have to squeeze after. I'm just like, it's not, it's not effortless. It's not just... I'm just walking into a space and everything feels like it's where it should be. Yeah. So I guess that's how I would I would um, explain simplicity in this matter, where mm. you don't have to think too much. It's just it's just is. I love that. Alongside that as well, I think when you talked about the materials that you're using, this idea of using nature's resources, using what nature provides for us in a sustainable way. Um, and, and this focus on having um, a circular economy um, and, and creating innovative materials. And one of them that I wanted to talk about was this material that's called, is it called earth? Because it's spelt earth, but kind of without the A. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So can you share a bit more about earth and how it's making a difference so earth is is kind of like a, a big subject that I need to try and summarize so that I'm not speaking for a long time. Okay. Um, and, and, and don't give away any of your secrets, okay? Only tell us what you can, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep it minimal. That earth, I, I love the name, you know, you just mentioned the name earth, 
when I was naming this material, I was like, what is the best name to describe what this material is? Because I love the fact that it just comes from the ground. Like, you know, it's what the cows eat and we just, you know, get it back. It's digested grass, essentially. So just working with it and like just naming it Earth is just, you know, homage to where it comes from and that the fact that, you know, it's coming from the Earth that's, give, that's giving us a lot of resources as well. The purpose of Earth really is to create a new demand for a material that is actually considered waste. It's to create a new demand for a material that is causing environmental concerns. And just in order to save, actually, my, my concern with this, the way that I first um, wanted to tackle this issue, I'll explain how I came across or creating Earth. I came across, you know, to the point of, like, oh, I want to work with Carmenio. So we're just reading this article, obviously, about the excess carbon being produced by the farming industry. And then reading further on, like this is especially happening happening in the Dutch farming industry, where now their government is restricting how much cattle they can have on their farm. I'm sure you've seen probably on the news something about the protest or if you've read any articles on it, uh, that they've been protesting to kind of like reverse that 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 um, decision to reduce the number of cattle that farmers can have on their farms, which is obviously affecting their livelihood. And speaking to sort of like some of the British farmers, they're saying that this situation will soon, you know, come to the UK. So it's like, well, we've got an abundant resource here. And, you know, speaking to people from different cultures, they'll tell you how they use cow manure. Like this is a resourceful material that can be used um, in another way. So why don't we explore its usefulness? And so I guess that's how um, I would explain that question is that it's changing how we see waste and also maybe helping um, farmers sort of keep their cattle once we get to that stage, obviously, where we're able to really openly share more about the project and hopefully that this project or that this story really reaches them and that they're able to reach out to us, you know, and we can we can go from there. Amazing. What what a an innovative way to, to look at waste, what is seen as waste and think about how you can use it and turn it into something that is resourceful and that it sounds like it's it's certainly on the way to, to solving um, a really big problem. We hope so, yeah. Yeah, so there's this use of natural elements that you talk about um, and that I've seen in your designs as well. The, the colours that you use, you use very earthy colours, you use... Colours that are often found in in nature and and materials, you know, wal- walnut tables and um, green a- accents. Um, how do you think incorporating this this essence of nature into your designs? How is that impacting people's well being and that this connection that they have with the space? I think you'd find that even on a, on your you know general level, I'm not gonna go probably into a scientific level. Is that people do well where they're in outdoor environments. Like for us, we are obviously humans, but we're made for the outdoors. We thrive better in nature. I mean, yes, obviously we live in houses and things like that, and like that which we need to, but you'll find that even um, most, you know, health advisors and people would always suggest for people to be in environments that are, you know, natural environments or go take a walk, you know, and people feel so much better in, you know, the natural environment. So it's us understanding that, you know, not everyone can, you know, take a walk easily, especially those people that are in more urban areas. It's easy in the countryside, you know, you can just go into the country and you can be surrounded by it. But for those people that live, you know, in city centres where, you know, we're seeing 
more of a decrease you know in natural spaces we're seeing them now sort of like starting to maybe come back through design in some areas but really like people are limited to green spaces and green spaces are actually really good for our health so for us in in, in our designs we want to sort of like emulate what you will find in nature just to create that atmosphere or that presence of Okay, I'm in a calm space or I'm in a space where I can breathe. I don't feel pressured. I mean, I'm not in a sterile environment where, you know, all the walls are white. You know, we can't always be surrounded just by, like bare white walls. We need texture. That's what we find in nature. We need a little bit of that color. That's what, you know, gives us, you know, that calmness, that relaxedness. So it's understanding color, understanding texture and how all of those work in terms of benefiting our health, mental health especially as well. Really, really interesting, especially when you talk about textures and things. So as as a as someone that's creative, you know, colour is super important to me. And mm. so, for example, recently I was in a lecture and we were talking about mood boards and we were talking about, we were trying to explain to the students what a mood board is. And we were talking about colour and typography and imagery and illustrations but also texture and although I'm aware of it when I think about I'm looking around my my home office now I'm looking at the walls it's not something that always springs to mind this idea of texture but it is really important like you know there's carpet it's it's soft flooring it's not something hard it's something soft that that feels warm and welcoming Mm if the flooring was was a different texture it would make the room feel different and I think yeah I feel like we think about that when it comes to the floor but when it comes to the walls I think as as someone that's not in you know in your world it's it's overlooked but but it it is really important Mm -hmm. I mean texture is good because it can add that character or add as you said like a little bit of weight to the room it's easy to just you know go you know plain plastic walls and you know, just a plain flooring, but then that whole room just feels plain, like it feels empty, like empty. But then as soon as you start bringing in a bit of texture, maybe a carpet, or maybe you're talking some wooden texture in there, or, you know, some nice, um, I don't know, fabric into the space, you know, a little bit of texture, a little bit of contrast in there, you start to elevate the space and it feels like, oh, it's got a little bit of weight, it's got a little bit of character now, there's different mm-hmm. areas that you can touch into. So it's exciting in a way. Yeah. It's, like, it's getting to know, you know <laughs> the room is not like, oh, just a plain box. Now yeah. it's getting exciting, it's getting yeah. interesting. Yeah. I can see, I can see you getting excited and, and that was the thing, you know, that was something that, really resonated with me when when we first met is your excitement and and um your passion and i think just trying trying to find a way to not just communicate your passion and the passion of of the rest of studio and which which is your your two sisters but just the importance of it when we think about how much time we spend in spaces for especially for work as well as home yeah we're often in the same room for hours on end Mm. and it's so important but but it's so overlooked how do you think we can change that well one thing I, I always you know as much as we can you know design the best but it's always good to move around so we're not trying to get people to not move around in different spaces always good but it's making sure that the space that you're in 
it's not completely sterile, like there's no creativity there. When you find that most people will say, oh, I'm going out for a walk, you know, I gain more ideas that way. Why? Because there's so much going on in nature, right? There's different textures, there's different things to see. It's not just one sterile environment. So what I like, especially in Chile, especially for office um, spaces even as well, is just creating different zones so that you're not stuck in one place that feels continuous, you know, the same the same thing in the whole space. But so different zones where you can say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go there, sit for a little bit, maybe gain some inspiration or come back over here. Maybe there's, it's a collaborative space. It allows for people, you know, to communicate, to chat, pass on ideas. So creating these environments, sort of mimicking nature, I would say, where you're not surrounding yourself completely with one thing, but you're offering this different um spaces that people can sort of be in the same space but get away from that same space if that makes sense so it's really understanding how people move and how people spend their day and one thing even um if you i don't know if you've seen like these high rise desks now that people have where you're not sitting down for the all of them but now you're standing up even just something as simple as that changes the flow of your work yeah. because it's just it's just literally standing up and you're working same thing yeah. but it changes you know that 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 working life that most people find that they prefer that because they don't have to sit down for you know hours on end yeah so. i've been toying with that idea for for quite some time now because sometimes mm. i'm having conversations with people and i can see that they're standing and when i mm. stand up my energy levels are completely different especially when i'm having yeah. conversations with people i have looked at getting standing desks i've looked at ikea and and somewhere else which was considerably more expensive but had the most <laughs> gorgeous walnut desk <laughs> um, yeah but yeah it was it was not cheap um because i do i do sit down for for long periods of time um yeah and yeah what i try and do now is as you know is actually take myself into different spaces mm, we've both been mm. at the the co-working space that you're at now um in derby yeah. which is a gorgeous space and mm. again i notice if i've been at my my home office for quite a few days my productivity levels will start to drop and as soon as i take myself into a different space they increase again that's that's, that's so interesting that that you've mentioned that actually because even upon doing my research like you know, biophilic design, which is something that we like to, 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 to take after, especially in our processes as interior design. So biophilic design is sort of mimicking, you know, what we see in nature indoors. It's actually proven to um, increase productivity by 50% in workplaces. So even as you're saying now that you just by changing um, sort of locations, you're increasing your productivity. That is so true. And so that's why when we do biophilic design, it's incorporating those little bits of nature into those spaces so that people don't feel like they're just in one sterile environment with no change. And, you know, I spoke about, you know, having those different zones um, and interior spaces, in office spaces even. That helps because I might not necessarily need to go to a different location. I'm still within the same building, but I'm in a different space now. I'm in a different area. And yeah. those different zones are curated for you to do different things. Like you say, you stand up, you've got a different energy. So it's like curating places where people can go and collaborate. And then there's that time where you're like, okay, I want to knuckle down and do some work. So you do need that you know, 
desk and seat format. And then there are places where you want to work communally. So you want a place where you can actually sit all together and just work. So it's really understanding human behavior as well that we don't actually like being stuck in one place. <laughs> we really we don't. do not. Okay. You touched on this, this concept of functional elegance and that really stands out. Mm. Could you share an example of a particular challenge you know a design challenge where you faced you found it difficult to balance functionality with aesthetics I'm sure that must come up with clients um, and obviously getting that balance between it being functional but being aesthetically pleasing um it's an it's an interesting one and um definitely depending on on which client it is is sort of sometimes you know it's a delicate situation um, yeah <laughs> i used to have these discussions with my brother he's an engineer and obviously i'm a designer and so we'd have this sort of function and um form debate so form would be basically the aesthetic <laughs> and also he's an engineer so he thinks the form is most important and i i actually agree form is a, i can't start a design so not form function is most important i can't start a design without a function like function is definitely the first yeah but my argument was that form and function need to be equal so they're worth 50 50 at the end but his argument was that no function needs to be the greater but i'm like <laughs> you could have a stool and it functions so well it's it's a stool it's a chair it functions so well but it's ugly as soon as i give you something that is a stool and it functions but it's also pretty you're more attracted to that and you're more um, inclined to keep that so in a way that's sort of like how I approach you know the function and you know aesthetics thing is that you, yes you need it to function but you don't want a clunky thing that works but it's not really it's not really efficient I would say so for me it's form and function working together and they're both worth 50 50 I always have to start with function yeah. but the form obviously addresses that as well but at the end result the the function is not I'd always say that the, 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 the function is not everything until the form comes in. Yes, it can work, but it won't. Would, would it be efficient? And I think that's where form addresses. addresses. But to answer the question, um, there was a project, Albert Penn's office, actually. So it was an industrial unit and there was this wall. Obviously, we were going for you know, the industrial style in that office because it's already like an industrial um, office space. And so what it is, this wall was covered with um, plugs and, you know, things that were exposed, exposed um, work essentially that we did not want to be shown in the space. So essentially the idea was that to just cover that up completely. But then we learned that it needs to be accessible because there would be, you know, engineers coming time for time and they need to be able to access, access you know, that space. But because it was covered from the wall completely, so there was no cutoff where we could say, okay, we'll just pin that here and take you there. So it was a bit of a challenge, but we did come up with a solution, which was to have like a slat wall, almost similar to the one we had in the hip project, but this one would be as attached from the ceiling. So it would slide essentially so that they would have full access to the wall um, if they need to make any changes or if an engineer needs to come in and do what he needs to do, a plum or whatever it is. And then they'll just slide it back and it won't be too intrusive and not take up too much space mm. in the in the office because it was a small footprint so we were very particular about how much space um, we were taking up every time we added something in there mm, interesting very interesting thanks for sharing that so in terms of building a strong brand often it 
involves having having this narrative that's running through and and having consistent storytelling. Can you share a story from one of your projects where design elements have not only created a functional space but have also communicated some kind of narrative about the organization that that helped to enrich the brand for the client i mean that's that's always important um i think even just going back to the hip project as well like it's understanding who you're designing for what are they going to be using that space for so when it comes to branding it's really important um that we understand the client first of all their branding as well because that needs to be reflected in the space that that in because it says who's they who they are because that's that space right and so one thing that i i would say is that we try to do this for every project but i think one that came across really well was again in the albert pen office we had that curved wall in there and we were all figuring out like what should we add in there should we make it like a a flower wall you know add some greenery make it like a huge sort of like green area space and we could have some lights there and then because they are a creative agency right they do photography videography um and the such so they had a bunch of beautiful pictures on their website and Sam I'll give credit to Sam because this was all her idea it's like we just have a picture wall and essentially we had this you know massive curved wall covered in pictures from different projects um that they had done and essentially what this did essentially allowed them to share a bit about every project that was up on that wall to everyone who comes into that space so it becomes not only a good design feature for the office it looks good but you know it becomes a thing that people who come into the space will remember them back as like oh, it's all their projects that they've worked on and it allows them to talk about each of their work piece so that the artwork that's up on the wall to clients or uh, people that come in to just you know see the space it allows them to have that sort of connection with them to share a little bit more as well about what it is that they do i mean it was beautiful pictures i mean we loved we loved how the wall looked at the end so amazing there's such a sense of love and attention in in the way you talk about your work and and your work itself and this level of detail as well it's so evident you've talked about um hick and albert albert penn albert penn mm. out of those two projects or any other projects is there a specific design element that you feel particularly proud of something that embodies Studio M's passion for creating joyful, comfortable, nurturing environments? For us, it's attention to to space. Um, I think we spoke about that at the beginning. For me, I'm really kind of passionate about space and understanding how that space is going to work. So one, how it's laid out and how the people who are going to come in and use it. And for, on a... To clearly answer your question more, I'll say Hick for me is the color palette. I loved the color palette. I mean, it just, if anything screams DJM, <laughs> I think that color palette did the way that it just touched on our own color palette. I'd say what you would find on our website, but I loved, it's like my favorite feature in the action in that space was the little sort of like cocoon area with the seating, with the cushions there, just to sort of like get away. And the fact that it's just, all sort of like framing that window 
um, which is bringing a lot of natural light into the space and it just opens it right up. So it's those elements that are sort of like speaking to the inside, outside, sort of like those elements, because you've really got the wooden textures in there, you've got the green colour, you've got all of that natural light flooding in. So I think that is definitely one of my favourite designs. I think another one we did, this was a residential project um, before the first two. And again, it was the colour palette. I think this client wanted something neutral and we can do neutrals like all day. <laughs> I mean, yes, we want to push ourselves outside those, those colour palettes, but then it's just adding those distinct features as well that take it to the next level. So... And um, in her house, we'd actually done neutrals, but then we elevated that with a bit of gold in there, just so it didn't feel too bad. And so the color scheme just works so well in there. And the way that we just curated her space in terms of separating um, the dining area from the living area. So I think it's just a couple of things from each project that we work on that really sort of resonate with me and something that um, really ties it to our brand, which is specific elements. Maybe what the biggest one is colour and layout because we're, like I said, <laughs> we're really mm. passionate about making sure those spaces mm. really work and using those the areas that that's given to us to really make um, efficient use of the space available. So what are the plans for Studio M? What's... What's the, the trajectory for the rest of the year, next year and beyond? We've got some exciting news. I don't know whether we're going to, we're ready to share that yet, but we may, we may be doing our first show uh, next year, 2024. Okay. Uh, with, this is mostly for earth material that we're starting to really sort of try and get it out there. Don't want to say too early, but our first show will be next year. You'll see more okay. Amazing. <laughs> on our socials. I would just as to say which show, whatever that we're doing. So that's that's up and coming. Uh, we've got okay. a couple of projects lined up for the whole year to hopefully take us into the new year as well. So we're excited to to end hopefully the year on a good note. And speaking of that, like it's literally shocking me that 2024 is around the corner. I am not yeah. ready. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, wait till rest of 2023. This is crazy. How is it two months? Ready or not, it's coming. So you got to be it's ready. It's coming for real. Amazing. Well, I look forward to continuing to to watch Studio M flourish and grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Danielle. So it's been great. I was feeling a little nervous before. Like, how is it going to go? But hey, I've done my first podcast now. So... <laughs> We've been happy to be on the show and, you know, finally plunge in and just do it really. So thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tuning into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. We want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a shout out. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. Bye.